Hey everyone, it's Tracy Podolsky. Welcome to the We Healthy podcast. Tonight, I want to talk about kids getting sick. So this is only episode three, but it is crucial that I bring this up now while it's fresh in my mind. And although I had another topic in mind for this weekend, I really want to go over kids getting sick. Um, because my son Cole, who is going to be 14 in a couple of weeks, uh, was sick over the last week. And I had a lot of triggers, uh, to my life over six years ago. And I think it's important to have the conversation because most of us, uh, are possibly on this treadmill of burnout and just pushing through life with however many kids, or maybe you're watching grandkids. So this could benefit anyone who has kids in a family, right? Um, Because it happens so often, but what I am having, I'm having conversations with my kids right now like literally, I just had another little nugget of a conversation um, a couple hours ago with my son because he's feeling better and he's still on antibiotics. But I kind of want to go over the story. And I hope that some of you can relate to this and you can take something away from this little segment that will help you the next time your kid gets sick and today, tomorrow, next week can start you on a journey to prevent sickness. So in a nutshell, uh, when my kids were born, uh, they, you know, I don't want to get into too much detail, but I'll just say generally, it matters whether your child was born vaginally or C-section. It matters uh whether or not they were breastfed or bottle fed. It matters whether they've had antibiotics, especially before age, I used to say three, but now one, okay? So I'll give you a little personal history. Both of my boys were born C-section. Cole was, I had no idea what I was doing. When Cole was born, he was taken from me and put in the incubator and I was not prepared to pump. I was prepared to breastfeed. And it wasn't until day two when the nurse, you know how many nurses there are on staff, nobody said anything about me pumping. So I was just trying to breastfeed. And because I had a C-section, that is harder because you're basically not going through, well, I was going through the contractions. It was an emergency C-section. So I was in labor pushing And his heart rate went down significantly to, I think, the 30s or 50s, what I remember. And they had to race me into the operating room. But I still had a hard time. My milk did not come in um, fast enough. And I had no idea if you do not have kids or you are currently pregnant on your with your first, please ask for a pump. The hospital can provide you with one or bring a pump. Um, If I knew that, my my. my supply would have come in quicker. Uh, but because of that, because Cole had jaundice, which is fairly common, 
um, he was in the incubator and was not in my room. So I was not able to breastfeed him as often as he needed the milk. So they just immediately supplemented him on formula. So with Cole for the full year, he was, um, I would say half and half, but it was extremely hard for me to have the supply. So with Noah, he was also born via C-section. Um, and he was fully breastfed, no formula whatsoever. So those two histories, even though they're from my two children, they're both boys, they were both born via C-section, Cole's gut health is going to be automatically more affected than Noah's, okay? But so this just gives you a guideline. This is what we ask as a functional medicine practitioner. If you came to see me, yes, I'm going to be talking about your birth a lot, no matter how old you are. And why does that matter? Because it gives us clues to the puzzle. You know, we look at a timeline and we look at, okay, the first three questions are, were you born by uh, C-section or vaginally? Were you um, breastfed or bottle fed? And did you have antibiotics? Because those three things basically create the foundation of your gut for the rest of your life. Let's go over that again. Those three things, and I'll tell you, the best foundation is being born vaginally, breastfed, and no antibiotics for the first three years, at least of your life. And I'm going to be honest with you, that doesn't happen very often nowadays. It's actually the opposite. It's C-sections, bottle fed, and, um, and antibiotics. I mean, both my kids had antibiotics very early on. I know Noah had antibiotics before age one, and I think Cole did. So with those three things, their guts were not great. That doesn't mean that they're going to have all of these um, terrible things happen to them throughout their lives. But what we know now, remember, I love to create awareness. We want to have awareness that that exists. So we need to create better gut health in those kids. We can't just say, oh, they're kids. They're resilient they can eat as much as they want and they can have all this sugar and they can get five to six hours of sleep. Like all of these things will contribute to your, the amount of sickness you have in your home. So the first thing is to think, look at those three things. Then you want to look at the roots of the functional medicine tree. And that has to do, and this is what I'm teaching my kids. I'm teaching my kids, my patients, myself, anybody who wants to listen, this is the root of all like illness comes from your genetics plus how your lifestyle is. And so your genes, I hate this analogy and we keep Chris and I, and even the kids were trying to think of another al analogy. Um, but this analogy is the best one. It's like your genes are a loaded gun. Okay. Everybody's genes are different, but your lifestyle pulls the trigger. So if you are able to change things in your lifestyle, even though you have certain genes, that doesn't mean they have to be expressed. So anytime someone says, oh, it's in my family, I completely feel like that's a false statement. And we should not be just saying that and living with the symptoms or illnesses that we have or being in fear that we're going to develop them. Okay. So going back to um, Cole, as he started... Um, you know, I, I kind of was on an organic kick. You know, I believed in organic back then. That was 13, 14 years ago. We were kind of a minority. You know, I was, there wasn't a lot of organic choices, but we bought organic formula with DHA. Um, hold on.
Okay. So going back, sorry, I had a little um, chat with Noah. Noah, can you please lower that? Thank you. This is what happens. <laughs> um. So where was I? So we were talking about Cole and we were on this organic kick. He had organic formula with DHA. And that's super important because I'm going to touch on this, but I can teach a whole class on this. Um, systemic inflammation, which can cause a lot of sickness, um, allergies, all sorts of things. You don't want your body to be systemically inflamed. Inflammation is good when we injure ourselves or if we're acutely sick, inflammation will happen, but we don't want to be chronically inflamed. What causes chronic inflammation? Having too much omega-6s compared to omega-3s. What are omega-6s? Canola oil, safflower oil, sunflower oil, everything. If you look at all your processed foods, meaning in a box, in a can, um, in a jar, in a bag, and formula is one of those. Even the organic formulas. I did not know this when I was feeding coal, but I know this now as a functional medicine practitioner that... I actually looked recently and all of the formulas, even the best organic formulas have omega-6 oils in them and high up on the list, meaning one of the main ingredients. So it's those oils that are not good in high amounts. So what you should do is look at your child or even your own diet and look at how much processed foods, how much of that am I eating and take out restaurant foods. They're using the bad oils. Why? Because they're cheap. Okay. And you don't know what's in them. So you got to think of how, how much um, of the, how much of your day are you eating out or eating out of a box bag or can? And then you have to look at, okay, so that's your total number of omega-6s. Then you want to look at omega-3s. Are you eating fish, avocado, nuts, seeds? All of those are high in omega-3s. So if you're not eating omega-3s, and you're eating a ton of omega-6s. So think about a purely breastfed, I mean, a purely formula-fed infant. If you don't have DHA in the formula, which is DHA as an omega-3. So if you don't have that in there, you absolutely need an omega-3 supplement, okay? Because you get all of that from the mother's breast milk. But if you're not breastfeeding, you've got to be aware that even the high-quality organic um, formulas need that balance, that omega-3-6 balance. Um, and it should be four to one, four omega-6s to one omega-3. And unfortunately, we're way out of the ballpark because of what our foods consist of. Think about our kids now. Like I think of my my kids and especially Cole back then. This is probably one of the reasons he had so many issues when he was five, six, seven years old. And it's because he ate I, I packed him his lunch and I packed him a snack. He was going to morning care, spending all day at school and then aftercare as I was building my, my practice. And so he had organic horizon chocolate milk. He had organic, um, cheese, like string cheese. He had probably like peanut butter and jelly. Um, I think I made him and then all of the organic snacks, like Annie's, all the different snacks. And so. Over the years, he was getting more and more inflamed. His face looked puffy. He got um, dark circles under his eyes and he's just a kid. You know, he was sleeping enough. He was getting exercise. He was involved in all of this. And it wasn't until I enrolled with doTERRA and it wasn't because of coal. I had no idea that essential oils were going to impact my home as much as they were. I was looking for another revenue of income that would 
um, that would serve my mission to treat my patients. And when I learned about the purity of doTERRA essential oils and how they can actually impact health, I was like, this is amazing. I'm bringing this to my patients and it will help me continue my practice because it was extremely hard to run a private practice in lymphedema. Mm -hmm. So when I started learning about the essential oils, it was February that I enrolled and I, Cole was on three different medications. He was on Flonase, Zyrtec, and something else. He was going to the allergist, the pediatrician. He was, he had an ENT. He had, uh, what was the other one? ENT, allergist, a um, couple different allergists, actually. And the next step was he was going to have his tonsils taken out, which happens so often. And I want to just make a side comment that the tonsils are part of your lymphatic system. Your tonsils and adenoids, if they're abnormally large, which they did, and, and you know the scope down his nose as he was a baby, and they said he has large adenoids and tonsils. So again, another thing that we I have to be conscious of as a mom that I have to be super um, on top of what he's eating because those omega sixes or gluten and dairy and sugar, all of those things are inflammatory. So if his tonsils and adenoids are large he's going to, and he's eating these foods and they get inflamed. He now not only had allergies and strep throat and tonsillitis. I mean, the amount of antibiotics he was on, um, up until we enrolled in doTERRA was crazy. Um, and then I would miss work and he would miss school and it would kind of start going through the process and we would just get sick. And that was just one of the things. I mean, every other mom told me, well, that's what happens when he goes to preschool and to kindergarten, he's going to get all those other different germs, Um, which there is truth to that. There is a part of our bodies being able to develop the antibodies and the resistance to all different sorts of germs that are outside your home, right? But we were given antibiotics like they were candy. And At this point, when we enrolled in doTERRA, I was creating videos and sending them to my pediatrician. And he even went, we went as far as getting a CAT scan of his tonsils and adenoids because we thought that there was an abscess because he was having such sleep apnea. So when he would sleep, he would snore, mouth open. But I was taking videos of his chest, like struggling to like pull in air because the tonsils and adenoids were kind of like touching in the back. So you know, the next step, I mean, he was on all these medications, which caused more issues like dry nose, blood, bloody noses. Um, who knows how, you know, how many other systemic things for, with these synthetic medications, but it was the only, you know, the only thing that was keeping me from feeling like he was, well, he was, he was stopping breathing. I actually remember, um, counting. And one point it was like a five to six second pause of breathing. And that's scary as a mom. And here I'm just watching him. So now I'm developing anxiety, lack of sleep, you know, the list goes on and on. And then when I enrolled in doTERRA, uh, Lisa Sussman, the person who introduced me to uh, oils, I was telling her about my experience with Cole and I had to bring him to this doctor. And she said, well, you know, breathe the respiratory blend um, can really help that. And I said, what do you mean? And then she started educating me further with lavender, lemon, and peppermint, um, equal parts combined. And because of his age, I made my own roller bottle. I think I put three drops of each 
three or four drops of each essential oil in a roller bottle and top the rest off with fractionated coconut oil. And I would roll it on the back of his neck um, in the morning and in the evening. And I would diffuse right next to his bed, breathe the respiratory blend and on guard. On guard is the protective blend. And this was started probably at the end of February when I learned this. And the the allergist said, you know, sometime in March about, he gave me the date. I remember it was like March 17th around, um, around St. Patty's day, I would have to start all the medications because the goal was to prevent, um, the allergies from occurring during the seasonal changes. So I just started doing the oils. Cause I said, well, I have them. I might as well play around with them. And I couldn't believe it, but we weren't giving him the meds because he wasn't getting any symptoms. He was breathing with like his mouth closed. He wasn't snoring. And now we're in April. And ne- and then in May, I was like, this is too good to be true. I went back to a video in May that I had taken the year before and watching him gasp for air. So it was the same amount of time, um, you know, the same area of, of the year. And he was on all the medications and still had this sleep apnea and dark circles under his eyes and all that, you know, puffy face. And now with using the essential oils, uh, he was fine. And literally I could say up until probably a year ago, we never had an issue. He's, we, we've gotten off the -the over-the-counter medications. Um, We haven't had any strep throat, any antibiotics. Um, And that was a mom's dream. I couldn't believe it. That was my aha moment. Really, even though I started thinking that these oils were just going to be for my practice, that literally changed my whole home life. So then I just dove in after that and said, what else could these oils be great for? Fast forward, okay, because we're only going to keep this short and sweet last week. And this has kind of been going on for the last year. I mean, I already asked Cole permission to share his story. Um, He's a teenager, so he is exploring how freedom works. And so although he knows that, you know, we have sweet treats, we treat ourselves here and there. Um, but we have a candy cabinet like that's locked up because it's very hard for him to control his, I would even call it addiction to sugar. Sugar is so addictive. It's all around our kids and he doesn't eat a lot of variety of foods. He never really did. Um, as he got older, he eats a lot of peanut butter and jelly and he'll eat apples and um, he loves steak. He does love some vegetables now. He'll eat peas, corn, broccoli. Um, what else? He'll try green beans once in a while, but not really. Um, but no cruciferous vegetables, which are getting his, well, broccoli is cruciferous, but no Brussels sprouts, no cauliflower. So there's not a great variety, no salad. Um, and even the fruits, there's not a great variety. So he's been on supplementation because he's just not getting the vitamins and minerals on a daily basis. But since he's been able to ride his bike down to the local like CVS, or if we drop him off at the park with his bike, he's going out with his friends and now he earns money so he can purchase whatever he wants. So he got sick last week and ended up with what we thought was just a virus, you know, we kept him home for a couple of days and that's when we increased the use of our oils and to help his immune system. I increased the amount of supplements I'm using and the type of supplements and Thursday and Friday, 
he stayed home and we didn't realize it, but Friday he met, he missed a trip to his future high school uh, for orientation. And then the following week he felt better. And Monday he went back to school. Uh, but Monday morning he woke up and there was like a look, looked like a little puffiness in his eye. So we thought that he had a sty and it turned into um, that night. It was really puffy and really swollen. And so I brought him to the doctor the next day, started using all my oils and remedies around the eye, but it got to the point where I, I was a little fearful and I reached out to my functional medicine doctors and they said, it can be cellulitis. You don't want to mess with it. Um, because it was looked like someone had punched him in the eye. It wasn't just a little red mark where you would have a sty. So we went to the eye doctor. She thought it was a sty and possibly an infection from the sty, put him on an antibiotic. And again, I was already prepared going in there. If he needs the antibiotic, this is a time where conventional medicine supersedes um, holistic because you don't want to mess with an infection in the eye. So I, I chose um, to put him on antibiotics. And almost immediately I started feeling all these triggers. It was like trauma from what I learned after I enrolled in doTERRA. doTERRA pretty much opened up my eyes to real health and the whole gluten, dairy, sugar issue. And I started reducing those things in our diet, cleaning up our diet, got introduced to the Institute for Functional Medicine and just have since then been learning for the past six years about what real health is. And so when I, when I had these triggers, I kept going back to that feeling that I felt in my gut and my heart watching my child. Cause he did while, while he was there that Tuesday, before we went to the doctor, I'm watching him sleep and he started having sleep apnea again. Um, and his throat was all enlarged and red and we went to the doctor, we got the antibiotics. And by the time we got home, he had spiked a fever, had a massive headache, of course, nowadays I tested him for COVID. It was negative, but the next morning, so now he's on antibiotics, but the next morning he had the little white sacks on his throat. So without going, it was my choice. Um, I created awareness around the fact that yes, the antibiotic he's on covers the um, strep uh, bacteria. So I said, instead of going to a pediatrician who I haven't seen in actually three years, because we're not sick, we just need, he's over wet, way overdue for a wellness visit. Um, but that was my decision to not go to the pediatrician and just keep him on the antibiotic. And that got better within, um, with probably like 12 hours on the antibiotic. And that's typical. I mean, I know, I remember having the kids having strep throat, both of them, and they would be in, you know, their throat would hurt and then it would immediately go away once being on the antibiotic. So that's my story. So I'm getting here because I want to help those that are, oh, their kids or even maybe themselves are always getting sick. I want you to reflect back without feeling guilt or shame or regret. Okay. How were you born? Were you bottle fed or breastfed? And did you have antibiotics before the age of three? If you were, you you really want to look at your gut health and you want to improve it as much as possible. How do I do that with Cole? He was like, you know, he basically told me that mom, I've been going to the CVS and getting a Dr. Pepper and a huge box of Oreos and just literally eating them. So we looked at the back of the um, package and we're, we're counting up and I've taught them how to do this. You know, you look at, teach your kids how to look at the ingredients. They're going to roll their eyes in the beginning. 
believe me, I've been doing this for four to six years with my, with at least Cole. Noah's really catching on much quicker because he's hearing it more. Um, and Cole was already Noah's age when he was starting to learn about health and learn about reading labels and understanding what's in food and why we eat food. We don't just eat food because of how it tastes and to take away that hunger feeling. But I'm not embarrassed to say that's how I ate. Remember how I told you I was quote unquote healthy because I didn't, I was thin, but I really just ate what I wanted to eat. I, from taste and just to get, take that hunger pain away. And that was so not good for my body overall. So I want to take what I've learned about my own experience living as a young adult and an adult. And why can't we be teaching our kids that we're not doing a good job of that in the schools. And I have this huge dream of kind of getting into the schools and helping teach that, but I have to also create my own boundaries and how much I can do um, all at once. Right. So that's like on my bucket list, but I can at least do that in my home and start with my kids. And then I also try to teach my kids to not judge any other child, any of their friends, if they do eat unhealthy foods. Um, But we could be great models because I always dream of a friend group or a school system that's surrounding them around healthy foods, because I do believe that kids don't really have a chance to choose healthy because they're just not surrounded by it. Um, so it's very easy and very compelling to choose foods that taste good and give you that feeling like, listen, in a sugar addiction, I'm teaching my kids that that sugar you're craving. And as soon as you get it, you get a hit of dopamine and you get a hit of energy and then you crash. And so we had a long conversation longer than usual, because teens don't really want to sit eye to eye and have a lecture or a conversation, but just kind of saying, and just being curious, Cole, what do you think? What do you think happened? You know, you haven't been sick in such a long time. And that's when he started opening up about how much sugar he's actually eating. And I said, what do you think we can do instead of six years ago, I would have been yelling at him and saying, you've got to stop doing that. See, this is what I told you. That is not what someone wants to hear after being sick. And also he, he gets it. He understands. So I would be curious and, and ask those questions. Well, what do you think you want to do? He's like, I really want to start eating things that are more healthy, but I just don't know what to eat. So we, we know he likes apples, but specific apples and he loves sweet potatoes. And I said, listen, let's just get those and let's just make those as snacks Um, when you come home. So you're not, when you feed your body nutrition, you're less likely to crave the, the foods that are, that lack nutrition, like carbohydrates and sugar. So it was overall a great, amazing experience. Not that I'm glad my son got sick and was on antibiotics, but it allowed him, I I told him because he was really beating up on himself. And I said, Cole, you have to think about these symptoms, they were kind of giving you a fair warning, like, you know, with some of his other symptoms that weren't um, stopping him from going to school or functioning, they were there. And I always say, I'm so grateful your body was giving you these alarms, but you kept 
you kept clicking on the snooze button. You know, if you think about symptoms um, and we just put a quick fix on it, you know, if you're really tired and you just take a nap every day or you have acne and you treat it with some sort of acne medication or even HD clear, you know, like even if it's a natural remedy, um, you can, you can't, uh, chase away symptoms that are getting stronger and stronger because you're not changing the roots of the functional medicine tree. And the biggest one, right, for Cole was nutrition, nutrition and a little bit of lack of sleep and maybe some stress, you know. Um, so when he was on the antibiotic, the other thing I want to talk about, which is something I talk about in my practice all the time, and unfortunately, doctors aren't really giving this advice all the time, but, and, and mine didn't either. She just gave me the antibiotic, said it'll be better by tomorrow, but let's, let's see you just to make sure. And then they'll follow up in a week. But when you're on an antibiotic, you absolutely want to be on probiotics. Um, and the best one, in my opinion, is Floristore. Floristore, you can get in any pharmacy, but it's not, um, the strain that it is, is resistant to the antibiotic uh, breaking it down. So there's always been this debate, like, do we take a probiotic when you're on an antibiotic? Because won't the antibiotic just kill all the good bacteria that you're feeding yourself with the probiotic? Yes, it's possible. And there really hasn't been any good research to prove yes or no, but the Floristore, it even markets for um, maybe used during antibiotic use and improves immunity. And so you want to use the Floristore. I use the Floristore, but then I also still use the PB Assist. For me, I just want to be better safe than sorry. Even if it's getting all uh, burnt up by the antibiotic, I still enjoy, um, I don't want to say enjoy, I still feel better giving him both. So I'll give him the Floristore and the PB Assist and then once the antibiotics over, I'll just continue with his normal PB assist, which is the doTERRA brand of the probiotic we use. Um, but as long as you have a good quality probiotic uh, to continue repopulating, because you have to remember an antibiotic is going to help the problem, but the recurrent antibiotics continue to wipe out all your good bacteria. So what does that do when someone's sick? and you're on an antibiotic and you start feeling better, that still means that your body is healing and you have less soldiers. That's how I describe it to my kids. You have less soldiers um, and you want time to build up more soldiers. So those probiotics, avoiding sugar, avoiding gluten and dairy as much as you possibly can, taking an omega-3 supplement, um, avoiding the omega-6 supplement, I mean, the omega-6 oils and processed foods, so that you can build resilience and an immunity. What commonly happens is that we're on antibiotics. We are not supplementing with a probiotic or an omega-3. We're going back to our normal diets. We actually don't feel well. So maybe we're eating even more poorly. And the next germ that's around you, you have no ability to fight. So you just get the next sickness. And how many people do we hear, or maybe it's even yourself that, it's just one thing after the next and you feel terribly for them. I feel terribly. And at that point, you're kind of um, between a rock and a hard place because you just want to feel better. So this little segment, I want to thank Cole for allowing me to share his story. Um, I do 
introduce my doTERRA story a lot when I'm teaching about essential oils, um, because it was my aha moment. And most of us come to the essential oil world with a problem that we want to fix. And that's what I'm here for as well. Um, if you want to reach out to me and I can give you some essential oil solutions, as well as some supplement solutions to help build upon why you may be having some of your symptoms um, to help support your body. Uh, but you also want to be thinking about all of the legs of the functional medicine tree or the roots, which this podcast is what I really hope to explore so many of them uh, because each area has such a vast amount of information that we can talk about. So just quickly, I'm going to go over those five roots are nutrition, exercise or activity, uh, stress management and sleep, reducing toxic load and relationships. So all of those five things will either express good genes or express bad genes, depending on what you're doing in your lifestyle. So if we can understand what your genes are, and I know what Cole's are, so I can help him even better because I understand his individual genes and I know his lifestyle. So it really helps empower people to have kind of like a roadmap from this point. And, you know, your genes are your genes. So when you get a genetic test, which is the one I'm, the one I do for my uh, patients is the 3X4 genetics test. And what we do is we look at that test and look at the genes. And then I'm constantly referring back to it in order to help me make decisions on how I want to change someone's lifestyle. You know, like what area of lifestyle should we focus on? And when he was sick like this, what can we do to build uh, his immunity back, knowing his genes and knowing his current lifestyle, especially with teens? Not that I want to condone all the sugar intake and the, the gluten in the dairy and the lack of sleep, but I will not stop giving ideas or trying to problem solve how we can make his current situation better because teens will change quickly. And you may think the current problem you're having, like we had lack of sleep, really bad lack of sleep for a while. And we kept problem solving. How can we um, help him to get a better night's sleep? And it, there are these moments in my life that I feel this like immense joy that all of the little teachings and the little nuggets of of education are all coming to fruition. And with Cole, that actually happened this time, like big time, because he gets it, he can communicate it, he can understand and then set goals. Is he going to be perfect in those goals? No. But now he created these goals for his own body. I can help support him because I know what his goals are. And I can also give him some positive feedback. Like I just told him today, I've noticed you had less sugar within the last, you know, few days. How does your body feel? You know, and he's, my body feels amazing. His skin's clearing up. He looks less puffy. So if you could even have them trial it, if you're trying to work on a goal, your kid's goals, and if they're not old enough yet, you can create the goals. I kind of miss that, those moments. My kids are getting old enough where they have their own minds, you know, they have their own goals. But that's where you have to partner with them and ask them and get curious. 
what, how do you want to feel? You know, what do you want to feel more of or less of? And those conversations typically are going to be better than just barking what's best for them. Because I know we have all the wisdom, you know, the, the parents have a lot of wisdom, but the kids want to feel part of their, they want the the feeling of control within their own world. So depending on what parent personality type you are, and you'll hear me talk about that a lot as well. Uh, that was another aha moment when I learned what my parenting personality type is. So depending on that is how you'll talk to your kids about these um, topics. So thank you, Cole, for letting me share the story and for hopefully some lessons and some tips and some awareness in why your kids or your grandkids continue to get sick and what you can do. So once you're aware of some of the things I talked about in this segment, it's now your turn. Remember the triple A acronym versus awareness. It's now your turn. I'm sorry. Yeah. First is awareness. It's now your turn to create the assessment. The assessment is thinking about all the risks and benefits and what's worthwhile in your core values of your family. Is it worth it to completely eliminate sugar um, or gluten or dairy? Or what about the antibiotics? The assessment is your own family's beliefs, values, and, um, you know, just, just how you guys want to live your life. And that is purely individual and there's no judgment. So you have the awareness, then you make your assessment and then you take your action. So I hope that this can really help some of your family, your families around this winter season. That's why I wanted to do this now. It was fresh on my mind. I got, oh, and by the way, I got over the triggers with my oils and talking about it with some of my like-minded friends who are working energy medicine, because that was tough. It was like, consciously, I knew Cole was going to be okay, but the traumas from all the anxiety I built up when I didn't know whether he was going to be okay, before I started learning about health, real health and using oils and all that, it, those feelings immediately resurfaced. So I used some essential oils, especially peace uh, is the reassuring blend. I used that back then and it was very interesting, but smell, as we know with aromatherapy can really, um, when you anchor an oil to an emotion, once you smell it again, you can immediately create whatever um, response you anchored back then. So back then I didn't even know what I was doing. Meaning like I knew peace was helping me stay grounded, but because I did that with that same emotion, I did it again and pulled that piece out, uh, this last week. And it, it instantaneously brought me to a grounded space where I could push away the fear, get through the fear, get through the anxiety, and then just take a deep breath and move, move forward much quicker than what I was doing, uh, six years ago when it was all so raw. So that is going to be um, the end of my third episode. And hopefully sometime soon, I'm going to have a really cute jingle for the beginning and the end. But until then, you could just hear me talk. Have a great week and I will see you next week.